the ground now I'm way too gone way too gone all right legends welcome back to yet another episode of get around me it's me Billy Darcy what a time to be alive you know oh dude episode 75 I know because it's a it's a nice number 75 real nice number you know right angles curved at the bottom love 75 didn't care for 71 through 4 but 75 I'm with you brother I'm with you but it's episode 75 and uh you know feel the hype feel the goddamn hype and uh tour dates Adelaide next week I'm coming March 10 to 14 at the Rhino Room Adelaide March 10 to 14 at the Rhino Room get around those goddamn tickets and uh doing Tuesday to Saturday nice little run you know uh, and then Ma- Melbourne, Melbourne, March 25 to April 19. That's 22 shows. That's a lot of shows. So come on out, come on out. And that's going to be very exciting. And then Sydney, April 23 to 26. That'll be very exciting as well. So as always, the pod is brought to you by VM Apparel. Best goddamn party shirts this side of the equator. Uh, look, if you want more confidence, you want to, you know, Matt, look, I this isn't official yet, but the boys in the lab have been telling me they repel coronavirus, these shirts. So get to vmapparel.com.au if you want to see 2021, you sick fuck. Okay. Um, so yeah, coming out to a show, little Inside Oil, Sydney shows, April 23 to 26, April 25, the Saturday. I think you should definitely come, but there is a chance I will have been hosting two up all day. I could be a little bit worse for wear, so I might not be the sharpest show in the uh, in the shed, if you know what I mean. Um, so I'm saying there's a chance I might have had eight beers, but but there's also a chance that I won't do that. I don't know what's going to happen, but the show will be good either way, you know. Sort of comedian I am. I pull it. I pull it out no matter what happens. But come on down. Uh, so I want to talk about a few things today because the world is in chaos. Absolutely love it, to be honest. Bit of, bit of something different, you know. Yeah, but I'll, I'll get to that a bit later. I want to talk about a few things first. So, my weekend, guys. What a time to be alive. Uh, went out with the lads. As we know, my favorite thing to do. Get your, get your friends. Go to a BY restaurant and just have an absolute time. Laugh it up. Laugh it up. We went to an Indian restaurant this time, um, and got pretty hammered on some red wine. And there's pretty much nothing better in this world, I think. Then having a laugh with your friends over a bottle of red. Um, I spilled a whole goat curry over me and my friend Adam. And I apologized to him then. And I apologize to him now. It was an accident, mate. Let it go. And I bought another one. So it was an accident. So back off. Uh, but I woke up Saturday morning and I was like, also this restaurant has this, at the start they go, still or sparkling water. It's water, whatever. Maka says sparkling. I don't think he actually knows what sparkling water is. He just wants to see it. If, if, if he knew it was in a vodka soda this whole time, he wouldn't have given a shit. But I think he thought it was like, I don't know what he thought it was. But it comes out and they pour it. He's like, I don't even like this. Anyway, it was $10 for sparkling water. And then it was like 8 bucks for puppetums that were already on the table when we arrived. Now, this is not a slight against the Indian culture, but is it? Is it a slight against the ones in my neighborhood, because that is unacceptable, okay? You can't put something down on the table before you even get there and charge. What are you doing? You know, that's like walking into a car dealership and the guy goes, hey, buddy, 45 grand. 
Now, that's not the deal, brother. Give me a test drive. I'm the customer. I've got all the power, you know? But then by the end of the meal, the, you know, the Indian food's so good, by the end, you don't, you're like, ah, you've had a bottle of red. You're like, ah, bit steep, but oh well. And then, you know, there's fucking, you know, Raj or James or whatever his name is. Indians can be called James too. And he's just laughing his head off knowing, just got a, just got a few more white fools in here. Charge him 20 bucks for water. And let's be honest, what is a papadum? For the love of God, can someone tell me? It's barely physical matter. It's as thin as anything can be without being dust. It's borderline dust that they've put into a disc. You know, and, and you know what? I reckon it's widely known in India the papadums are free. But when they see some chooch with long hair like me come in, they go, ha ha ha, this guy will give him a cultural experience via his credit card. Thank you. So we got absolutely rinsed by the Chinese restaurant. And it pissed me off. But but I've got to be, yeah, look, it was so good that at the time I didn't really care. And looking back now, I'm angry. But at the time, oh, it, was, it was good. And let me say, goat curry, underrated. Get some goat on your fork. Where's that at? Where's that at? Get some goat on your fork. And it's just, it's just freaking HG. Just stabbing a live goat with a fork. Okay. Uh, but I woke up, and you know when you wake up and you and you got drunk the night before, and you just wake up and you think you just you got like that anxiety over your head. You're you're feeling like shameful, like you did something you shouldn't have done. That was me Saturday morning. I go, what did I do? I go, I don't think I t-, like you know maybe it's a drunk text or something. I, go, I didn't th- I don't think I did that. I'm thinking, what did I do? I woke up and I was like, something's wrong. I've done something, and then I realized. I agreed to play a two-day fourth grade game on the other side of Sydney for the next two weekends. Fucking idiot. Idiot. So I wake up and I'm like, why did I even have an alarm set? And then I'm, I'm in a group chat now and it's like, lads, get there for 10.30. Huge game. We need this to make finals. And I'm like, what is happening right now? So I ended up playing fourth grade on Saturday. And, uh, and yeah, look. Uh, you know when you have it and they're like, hey, Bill, you're such a great team man. We really need you. And you're like, I am a great team man. They do really need me. And you just fall for it. That was me. So then I'm, now I'm driving out to freaking like an hour away. And uh, look, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I took an absolute screamer at cover. Thank you. Some people pointed out that the catch would have actually hit me in the chest had I not moved. Um, but a catch is a catch. And, uh, and that was great. I will say I was batting five. I'm next in at the moment. We absolutely rinsed these blokes. So I'm not sure why it was such a big game. But I will say, I'm, I'm next in the moment. I thought, oh, this is great. We're chasing like 100 runs. And I was like, this is great. I'm going to get a, a gentleman's 20 not out. Bump up that little average a bit. You know, I've only played five games for this season. So bump up the average. You know, get to walk off. I'll, I'll take a stump out of the ground. I'm not above doing that. And, uh, and then their fucking opening bowler starts pushing off the side screen. The wicket keeper's like back on the other side screen. I'm like... What the hell is happening here? This guy's like rapid for fourth grade. And I haven't, I haven't hit a ball in like three months. And I was terrified, genuinely terrified. Um, luckily, I didn't have to bat. And uh, the boys that actually play cricket every weekend got the job done uh, with some ease. So that was, that was quite exciting. And then, uh, look, went out Saturday night. It was Mardi Gras. Let me just say, what a time to be alive. I didn't go into the city for Mardi Gras. Um... But luckily, it seemed, uh, you know, obviously it's great to support the LGBT community 
And this year, as always, uh, straight women have flown the flag uh, for all the straight people out there harder than we ever could. I mean, you, you, you would be mistaken in thinking it is, in fact, the Straight Women Festival, but that is not the case. Um, the enthusiasm shown from straight women over the weekend was nothing short of heroic. And uh, they're, they're getting it done. So all the support for the gay community was really, uh, you know, I was just on the bench for that one. And uh, all the straight chicks kissed their, kissed their mate on the chair. Go, ah, it's crazy. Me and Kate, did anyone photograph that? Ah! <laughs> so, so that was great. Put a rainbow bra on and just sort of lick someone's neck for the night. And uh, look, so that was great. But the whole of Sydney was shut down. And I was on the other side of Sydney. So fucking took me hours to get home, whatever. And uh, went out Saturday night, probably one of the one of the not as good performances we've seen. Long story short, uh, we had one of these like kind of Chinese finger traps of a situation where there was three of us and each of us had been kicked out of one of the main three venues. So we were kind of like in a pickle. It was like, well, we can't go there. We can't go there. And we can't go there. It was like, do we ditch one of us for the greater good of the two? How do we work this out? We ended up um, buying about 64 pies and going home, but that's okay. It was kind of a weird ending to the night. I hooked up with a 30-year-old at the taxi rank, and then on the way home, I FaceTimed a girl in Brisbane and told her I missed her. So, you know, what are you doing with your Saturday night, you fucking nerds, okay? You think a state boundary is going to stop me? I will take a flight. I'm not above that. Dear God, I need to book some more weekend gigs because this is just... I played fourth grade all day as a passenger and then I was a passenger on the night out and Jesus Christ, I need to get some more, you know, some get up and go. Um, but yeah, so that was quite exciting. I will say on Sunday, has anyone had this Uber driver? The guy who, no matter what you say, is going to tell you his life story. And it's just like, and, and, and by the way, plot, plot twist, it's always a sad story because here's the ending, the bloke's fucking driving you around in a Camry. So this Uber driver... I get in and uh, we're heading down for a friend's birthday on the Sunday. And it's one of these where he goes, hey, how are you going? I go, yeah, pretty good. How are you? He goes, well, mate, not too good. Almost filed for bankruptcy on Wednesday, didn't I? I go, okay, mate. All right. You filed for filed for bankruptcy. He goes, no, nah, almost did, mate. Almost did. Takes a bit more than that to knock me down. Been through it all, haven't I? And I go, and I'm sitting in the front. You know, I got, I got the sunnies on. I go, oh God, fucking hell, here we go. And we got like, it's like a half hour to this place as well. And I just, I'm like, no, no. He got, and like this guy's story sucked. This guy sucked. He goes, yeah, I was about to file for bankruptcy, but a couple of things have gone my way now. But man, it's crazy this life, hey, because he goes, this life is so crazy, dude, because mate, dead set, mate, a year, two years ago, I was about to be a famous actor. I was this close, mate. Everything was happening for me. My acting career, mate, I didn't even really want to be an actor. My acting career, mate, was going bananas. Getting booked left and right, mate. He goes, mate, did you ever see the uh, the Bank West ad last year? Big Bank West ad, mate? Ran. Oh, my God. It was on every channel. I go, no, nah, I didn't see it, mate. He goes, oh, mate, I was I was the guy. I was in I was in Home and Away a couple of times. I go, oh, right. Again, here's the thing. When an Uber guy tells you a story... You already know the ending because he's he's got his indicator on to take a right in his Toyota Camry that he's driving you around in, you know? And you can always tell, I think, you, it's a pretty good indicator in life 
if you're driving someone around, how, how well you're doing, you can tell that by how well they're doing. Now, I'm not doing that well, okay? My life is great, but I'm not like a millionaire or a CEO or anything. So I'm just a guy, and this guy is driving me around. So that's where he's at, okay? And he's telling me, he goes, my acting career, mate, oh, it could have been anything, but yeah, it's all politics, mate. It's all politics. I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, but then before that, mate, I was actually managing a really upmarket, uh, upmarket uh, hairdresser. I go, well, yeah, all right. He goes, yeah, you've been to, you know, the Neutral Bay area, mate? You go, yeah, I know Neutral Bay. He goes, yeah, I'm kind of a celebrity around there. Everyone loves me, mate. Everyone loves me. I was, I was the heart and soul of that place. He goes, unfortunately, the owner bottomed out on the lease and uh, we had to shut down. But, mate, oh, I was, I was a bit of an icon around there, mate. I go, yeah, right. And he's going, he's going into like, and then I keep trying to change the subject, but he, he keeps trying to change it back. You know, he's like, he's like, oh, like, I'll be like, yeah, right. Weather's good. He goes, yeah, sunshine, mate. Tell you what, you, you forget to appreciate the little things, mate. As someone who's in a bit of strife at the moment, I'll say, well, the going's good, mate. Make sure you appreciate the little things. And it's just like, dude, just shut the fuck up. Okay. And then like, as soon as we got out of the car, all of us, those three of us were just like, dude, that guy sucked. That guy sucked. And you know what the worst part is? So let's say he drives 14 rides on a Sunday. He's badgering all 14 of those people with this sob story. Everyone, you know, they go into a, a birthday party, a freaking going, to, going down there. It doesn't matter where they're going, who they are. He's going to go, yeah, I'm, I'm almost bankrupt. I'm almost bankrupt. You, I, met, I met freaking Russell Crowe at a function once. Now look at me. It's like, dude, yeah. Stop putting around these bad vibes, you freak. Like, oh, I hate that. And and he obviously had it locked and loaded. That was the worst part. I personally don't want to talk to any Uber drivers. And that's a blanket statement, okay? Unfortunately, I'm not rich enough to have that option where you can say quiet car or whatever, but especially from the airport. Airport's a big one. How are you? Why are you here? Ugh. Why, why are you here? You know, but then we get into that. Oh my, you know, I used to have a freaking transgender daughter till she was in a, a six bus pile up one day. And it was, it's annoying because I was just about to, I was just about to break the world record for the biggest motorcycle jump. But now, now, you know, I'm driving Uber for the moment, you know, but it's not my full-time job. It's like, just, ugh, just get me to freaking this one star hostel immediately. Um, okay. So that was that Uber guy. Anyway, I will say this. All right. Oh, yeah. So we guess better talk about the old coronavirus. You know? What is happening out there, team? What is happening? Everyone's buying up toilet paper and rice and pasta. Everyone's like, oh, my God, the apocalypse is here. We're all going to die. Little, I, I was a little bit sheepish in Woolies yesterday buying some, uh, some brown rice and pasta because... Uh, I know it might be a pandemic, but I've been living off that shit for the last year and a half. So found out I've been eating like it's the apocalypse, like uh, like the whole world has come down. But I thought I was just saving a few pennies. But so that was kind of embarrassing for me. You know, oh, my God, we've got nothing left. I guess we'll just have to eat nothing but brown rice and pasta. I'm like, yeah, that'd be embarrassing. <laughs> oh, boy. But I will say with the coronavirus and... Yes, I'm an expert on diseases. Oh, wait, I'm not. And neither are you. And neither is pretty much, I would assume there's only like seven guys in the world who actually know what's going on. But the problem is everyone is walking around like they know what's going on. 
Me, I've, I've got an open mind. Are we going to die? Is it, is it fine? Should we care? It seems like, what I've, from what I've gathered, it seems like if you're under the age of 80, you should be pretty okay. Um, but I don't, I'm not 100%. But the problem is everyone that's talking to me is 100% sure of themselves. So you're walking down the street, like, at work, this old lady's like, oh, I've just heard on the radio, stockpile your food and medicine for three months. Um, it's about to be a, a global pandemic and uh, it's going to wipe out 10% of the population. I go, right. Then I turn around, run into a mate of mine from school. He goes, oh, if you get if you get coronavirus, mate, that just means you're gay. That's all that means. And I go, right. So what the hell am I supposed to do with, all, with this information? You know, am I gay? Am I going to die? Am I going to die gay? What's going on here? What is going on? We need, there's too much confusion. We need one guy. One coronavirus guy, and every day, every morning, he comes out with a bulletin, and it's it's the coronavirus guy, and you know, maybe he can wear a corona t-shirt, a bit of branding, you know, they need to put a spin on this somehow, um, and he comes out, and he, he, just a five minute thing, he goes, right, this is what's happening, da, 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 the following people are going to die, and let's be honest, I don't have much sympathy for 85 year olds that are going to die anyway. Okay, I've been wanting to cull them for a few years now. So, not the biggest deal to me. But, and then, you know, don't go here. You can go here. Don't do this. You can do that. All right, I'll see you tomorrow. And he's the guy, and that's, he knows. He's got his finger on the pulse, and that's how it's happening. Instead of freaking, and he he's researched this for 25 years. He's been hoping for a freaking goddamn coronavirus since he was in, in university, just poking shit into petri dishes. This is all he's wanted. And he's the guy. Instead, I've got freaking Mark, the assistant account executive, telling me all about it. You know, the guy the guy's girlfriend's about to leave him and he failed year nine biology. But he's telling me the ins and outs of this complex global pandemic. Epidemic. I don't even know the difference, okay? But that's fine. At least I admit it. You know? What? Stop. People are just going around all day and all they're doing is telling people why they're wrong about the coronavirus. Oh, oh, is that what you think, mate? Oh my God, Jesus. You're out to lunch, mate. Good luck. Anyway, good luck, brother. <laughs> and it's not, it's it's never a, I, I do love people who are extremes though. I'm a man of extremes myself. I will say people who are, people are either like, we have 10 minutes to live or I am invincible. There is no disease on this planet that can take me or any of my friends down. And I'm, I'm more in the camp of, I think we'll, we'll be fine, but, but I'm open. I'm open to new information, you know? And these people who are in the middle, oh, I don't think it's a big deal, but I'm going to buy some rice just in case. You should be the first to die. And I can't be clear enough on that, okay? Uh, because you're, you're a fence sitter. And if the apocalypse comes, I don't want you in the new world. You know, if we've got to decide between freaking eating children or eating the elderly and you're like, why don't, los dos? Get the fuck out of here, okay? We need decision makers post-apocalypse. Obviously, I'll be, it's, it is weird to think of the post-apocalypse when you're a sort of a comedian or, you know, a painter or, you know, something creative that really has no practical value outside of, you know, the arts and, you know, like the arts have extreme value, I would argue. Uh, but 
not, you know, you can't use the arts to fend off a freaking, a wild rhino in a village, you know? You know, some guy throws a spear through your sister. You can't be like, hey, buddy, what about this? I was on the bus the other day. You know, he's just going to, that, that second spear's got your name on it. Um, but it is weird to think about. If there was an apocalypse, I would be, and I cannot stress this enough, completely useless. Um, I'd be, I guess my only, if we had like a small village in a post-apocalypse setting, I guess my only role would be morale booster. That would be the only thing I could really provide. I'd, while you're, you know, slaughtering a zombie, I'd be going around with the, with the bum pats. Nice one, Jamo. Get into his throat there, champion. Hey boys. And then I'd, as as, like, we just slaughtered all the, um, all the zombies. We, I use that loosely. I walk over with the, with the Coronas, which are ironically the only thing that survived the apocalypse. And I start handing out the beers. Great session today, lads. One, one zombie at a time. Yeah. Stay in the moment. You know, that's really all I could do. And I don't know what, what much else I'd, yeah. Like I said, I've, I've done many practical skills. I've only ever worked one day on a building site in my life. And I famously broke a guy's thumb under a sheet of jip rock. So Darren, I apologize. I apologize then. I apologize now. Um, I don't know if I've told that story, but I was jip rocking one day and it was my job to slam in the, um, the wooden supports. So they hold up the jip the rock, you slam in the support. So it's flush. And then they're bang, bang, bang with a nail gun. Anyways, this guy goes, he goes, he go, right, ready, Bill. And I'd slam it in. He goes, ready, Bill. I go, yep. And he goes, wait. And it was too late. Bam, slammed in the support, shattered his right thumb. It was caught between the jip rock and the roof. And the beam in the roof, I should say. Um, yeah. So, look, I was not asked back after that. And that hurt even more because it was actually, my uncle was the boss on that building site. So even family couldn't get me, couldn't get me past the bureaucracy on that one. So, yeah, coronavirus. Um, I, I don't know what, did I, I don't, I don't think I had a point. The point is, I'll tell you what, with this whole panic buying thing, it's pretty funny because with the panic buying, people are panic buying all the, you know, the rice and the pasta and the toilet paper. It's a big one. But you think, you think, oh, I would never do that. I don't need a, I don't need a panic. But then you think, well, fuck, if they buy it all, there's going to be nothing left. So then you think maybe I should go down and get, and then you go down and get some toilet paper and rice. And then some guy sees you and goes, Holy shit, Billy's going to get all the toilet paper. I better get some. I don't even believe in coronavirus. Uh, I think the Holocaust was a conspiracy, but but Billy's going to get all the toilet paper. So then he's going, and it's just a big a snowball effect, you know? But I don't know. It's a, yeah, it's a bit exciting. I work at a shopping center, so there's a bit of a buzz in the air, you know? Um, and I'm, I'm, my big thing is I'm wondering... Look, I got petrol last night. I got not, I got a premium ninety eight for a dollar forty five. I don't know if coronavirus affected the petrol prices and brought them down a bit, but if it did, thank you coronavirus, thank you. But I'm wondering what what things in Woolies people are overlooking that would be a great buy that I can stockpile for the apocalypse, like maybe like paper clips or something, and maybe I could be the paper clip guy. You know, when they're when they're signing the new constitution of the new world and they don't have a paper clip, and I'll be like. <laughs> That'll be $4,000, governor. And that's how I'll get started in the new world. Thank you. Oh, man. I will say, I just saw a... Um... Oh, okay. This is a good one. 
Yeah, I will say, I just read a one-star review of my podcast before I read... Because I was looking for an old podcast episode. I didn't even know I could get reviewed. Turns out I have a one-star review. And it rattled me to my core. So, good job, whoever that was. Um, but I will say this. This is a good one. And this is something um, I spoke about previously and I'm following up on now. This... Uh, so, if anyone who's listened to the pod for a while, if you go back, episode 40, Communist Freestyle, I spoke about... Uh, Australian swimmer Mac Horton, and uh, who famously didn't stay stand on the podium with Sun Yang, the Chinese swimmer who was done for doping. Um, but he wasn't officially done yet, and he was still winning a lot of races. And um, guy's obviously a, a crazy drug cheat. Like I said, anytime an Asian wins a swimming race, I'm raising an eyebrow. Okay, and that's across the board. That's no, that's nothing against communist China, um, but it does get my attention. Same, look, same if a white guy, uh, you know, won the 100 meters. You think we're not testing that guy's blood immediately? We are. Something is off. Um, so, yeah, big Sun Yang. The guy's jacked out of his mind. And, look, communists don't have a great track, re- track record uh, with sporting ethics. I'll say that. I'm looking at you, Ivan Drago. You know? That was a bullshit. You gave fucking Rocky CTE because you were jacked out of your mind. Um, but that was not just a win for Rocky. That was also a win for democracy. Let's never forget that. Um, but yeah, the communists, they want to win at all costs. And uh, it came out that confirmed. So basically his last drug test, they couldn't confirm he was on steroids because when he handed over the blood thing, he then smashed it with a hammer. And they're like, but the blood's all over the floor now. And he was like, well, good luck testing that. So that was, that's pretty much, I would say the most guilty thing you could do. If someone goes to test your blood and you go jokes and peg it at the floor and run away, that that's not the actions of an innocent man. But it finally came out today. Sun Yang has been found guilty. I came out maybe last week. He's been found guilty. He got an eight-year ban, which in communist China is pretty much a lifetime um, because, you know, it's such a rough country and the air quality is so poor, you know, eight years. That's, that's 30 years in Australia, I would say. Um, an eight-year swimming ban, and uh, he's going to appeal it. And good luck, Sun Yang, you dog, you cheating dog. I don't like you. I don't like your abnormally huge traps. Dear God, this guy was just gliding through the water with these wings. And uh, and but here's the thing, Mac Horton, he was absolutely abused online. Uh, most of it was in Chinese characters, so I'm not sure how hurtful that can be. If you're just getting millions of DMs saying kill yourself, but you can't understand them. I don't know if that's really something that's going to get through to your psyche. Um, but the Mac Horton thing, man, he's, he's the, f- the first guy to stand up, to stand out and say, this is bullshit. This, is anyone going to talk? This Chinese guy has, has four arms. He's built like freaking uh, that Pokemon, Machamp. Are we going to discuss this? He's doing freestyle and butterfly at the same time. Is anyone going to bring... This is bullshit. And he copped so much criticism and he's been proven right. And he said it was a statement to the world that Sun Yang has been banned. And thank you, Mac Horton. Thank you for your bravery. And uh, look, I, I would argue Rocky Nine, the Mac attack. That's what they should call that one. And it's just... It's Mac Horton. And it's... Birds are burning. And it's just the Mac attack swimming. And he's in... He's in it's like uh, Rocky Four, where he... He flies to China for an illegal swimming race, one-on-one with Sun Yang. Da, da, da. And he's just running up snowy mountains, 
And he's just, it's crazy. And Stallone's his trainer for no reason. And he's still playing Rocky. That's the best part. Rocky, who knows nothing about swimming, but he's coaching Mac Horton. And he's just got Mac Horton, you know, carrying boulders up communist mountains. And, and, and Mac's like, when are we getting in the pool, Rock? And Rock's like, the pool? You ain't ready for the pool. That might have been Apollo Creed. But fuck yeah, I, I sense a motion picture is what I'm saying. Um, so, what was my point with this? This Sun Yang thing, yeah. So now, plot twist, right? Matt Horton comes from a very expensive private school and they've just built a new swim center. Okay, that's your, f- <laughs> that's your first clue that a school is expensive if they have not just a swim center, but they've built a new one. Okay, the old one was getting a little ratty, the swim center. <laughs> not a pool, it's a swim center, okay? They run Pilates and, and swimnastics in the morning and uh, yeah, they've, got, they've got a dive team and a, and a water polo team. It's going off. So the new swim center at this school was to be named the Mac Horden Swim Center, okay? Obviously, because he's, a, he's an absolute super fish. And have you ever swum so hard you've taken down communism? Because I haven't. I got caught in a rip once and I swam pretty hard to get out of that. But I never, I never struck a blow for democracy when I was struggling back to the beach, okay? But Mac Horden, he's a goddamn hero. I love him. And they were going to name the pool after him. But because the school has um, business interests in China, they're no longer naming the school after him. How fucked is that? This guy's a goddamn hero. He's a great athlete. Forget whatever, the Sun Yang shit. He's still the an Olympic, you know, I think he's won the silver. He's still an Olympic hero. He went to your school. He's a swimmer. You know, he's a notable swimmer. And as we know, there can only really be two notable swimmers at any one point in Australian culture. And Thorpey is still one of them, even though he's retired. We got Thorpe and Mac Horton, okay. And anytime Stephanie Rice wears a particularly low-cut top, she races back into contention. But Mac Horton, you know, he's he's a famous swimmer, which is hard to do. He he should he's got great ethics as well. You know, he stands up for for fair sport, and they're not naming this pool center after him because of their business interests in China. It's like, are you a school or a Uranian company? What the freaking hell is going on? Is there a single? Bank account in Australia that is not tied up in Shanghai money somehow. You know, you go down to the freaking, the local Brent's Cafe down the road, run by Brent himself for the last 40 years. Guy's got a huge Sun Yang poster on the wall. He's, he's like, oh yeah, I stand with Sun. Sorry, mate, got too much, uh, too much money tied up up in the old, uh, in the old communist capital. You know? Is there a single, every single farm oil company, air company, electricity company, just rife with Chinese money. But you think a school, you know, obviously they've got all the Chinese students coming over paying exorbitant prices. I'm assuming that's what they're talking about. But it's like, it's, I don't know if you know much about, I don't know what school this is, but let me tell you something about China. This private school is that in China, there is a lot of people, so many people. If you, and, and I can guarantee that not all of them are swimming fans. I can guarantee that. And, and you know what? I don't know a lot about China or the culture, but I know that swimming is not a real sport. And I know that there are people in China who don't care for it. I know that for a fact because it's not a real sport. And if it is a real sport, well, answer me this. Where's the ball? Where is the goddamn ball? Checkmate. 
So if anyone has a problem with this, the Mac Horn and Swim Center, and also, again, I don't think too many of the Chinese exchange students are going to be gunning for the swim team, okay? So this is really parallel lines, these problems. Name it after Mac Horton. If any Chinese students don't want to come over, that's okay, because there's a billion others. There is a billion others who I'm sure would love to come over because they don't care for swimming and they don't even know who Mac Horton is. And they'd love to come over and study at your school and they're not even going to realize there's a swim center there for the two years of their schooling. Like, fucking hell, how, how much of a bitch do you have to be to bow down to online comments in Chinese characters about swimming? Yeah, sorry, sorry we we're going to name it after this great alum from our high school, but there was some swimming controversy. Who gives a shit? Honestly. That school sucks. And, uh, yeah. You know, it's just... Stuff like that just makes makes me a bit upset, to be honest. Because... We got there, 22. Because just like... Matt Corden is the good guy of that story. Even when you're the good guy, you still get screwed, you know? So, that's... I, I, I do sense a Matt Corden motion picture coming. I do. And I look forward to it. Rocky 9... The Mac attack. Rocky 10, Mac is back. Rocky 11, mm, ah, couldn't come up with a Mac rhyme. Mac the whack. Give him the Mac whack. Rocky 11, Mac attack 2. The final battle. That's where Sun Yang uh, is brought back to life in a communist lab. Because he actually, they he swam so hard in, in Rocky, Rocky 9 Mac attack, he died. He died. Mac attack... The, the, the Mac Horton, he swum so hard, he killed Sun Yang. He killed Sun Yang, and, uh, but then he was brought back to life in a communist lab, and that, that's Rocky 11, Mac Attack 2. And uh, Rocky 10, Mac is back. That's where he swims against a Russian, who's also a secret agent. Warner Brothers, pick up the phone, okay? Uh, <laughs> and if you want to hear my original thoughts on that Mac Horton thing, it's in episode 40. Thank you. All right, home straight here, team. Um, I'm once again doing this pod at 8.30 in the morning. And to be honest, I don't mind it. Um, okay, the Mac Horn thing. Great. Okay, I just want to read out um, an open letter. Now, this is not something I usually do on the pod, but this is an open letter. And this, this letter goes out to my friend Adam, who recently um, stayed at the Lad Pad. And he was supposed to stay for two weeks as his house was renovated. And he stayed for a gentleman's two months. So I just want to... He, he finally left the, uh, yesterday. And I'd just like to read out an open letter to Adam. Um, just uh, sort of summing up his stay at the pad. Because, you know, anyone can come over and say they're going to stay for two weeks. And stay for two weeks. It takes a real man um, to stay for eight weeks in total. And really, really push the boat as far as you can. So, so this is an open letter, Adam. Um, and, and I want to say to Adam, he was a fantastic member of this house and we do miss him a lot. Um, when he, when he came, when I came back from Perth, he had stayed in my room for three of the weeks while I was in Perth. And I said, he proudly, he proudly told me that he did not have sex in my bed while I was gone. Um, which was great of him, but he forgot to mention that he actually already had sex in my bed on boxing day. So that was kind of a bridge that he'd already burned, but that was, that was one of his big selling points when I had come back. Um, every week he would challenge us on the rent. We, 
as if rent was some sort of a investment stock exchange concept that went up and down week to week. That is not how rent worked. We'd be like, mate, you got your hundred bucks? He'd be like, how's 80? That's not how rent works at all, my friend. That's not even close. Um, but he did bring an Apple TV into our house. And Adam, we loved your Apple TV. Um, we still enjoy your Disney Plus account uh, because you left your login details on there. And I, I'm enjoying Star Wars and and I'm enjoying all the beautiful Disney treats that come with it. I want to say uh, I really admire that during your stay at this house, you watched Star Wars Revenge of the Sith a record five and a half times. I've never seen anything like it. And if anything, you got more enthusiastic every time you put it on, which was beautiful to see. Uh, Adam, you would often make me feel guilty for not going to Sunday morning soccer preseason. You know, Saturday, you'd be like, oh, mate, come on, you got to get around the team, this sort of stuff. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, I know. But then you would get so pissed on Saturday night that you would not go to soccer training either. And that would always fill me with joy to see you face down on the couch listening to Star Wars Revenge of the Sith in your headphones. Uh, you just had the audio on at that point. The video was too stimulating. Um, you know, every week, you know, anytime, not every week, but anytime you'd buy a case of beer, that was a great time. But then you'd use that case of beer uh, to leverage us into lower rent for the next week. And I'd have to once again explain to you that that's not how rent works. And then you'd say, but what about 80? And I'd say, we've had this conversation before. It's a hundred bucks or get the fuck out. Um, I once made fajitas. And look, they were beautiful fajitas. I'll say that. Chicken and pork fajitas. Now, this is something we've not seen before. Adam Adam had a record eight fajitas, but did not chip in for the meal. And that's something I think about almost every day. Um, he had them for lunch and dinner the next day as well. So, uh, look, fajitas, it's a family meal. I'm not going to sit there and eat fajitas by myself. I'm never going to do that. What sort of sick psychopath would do that? But if you're going to have three meals worth of my fajitas... Maybe chuck me a tenner, you selfish son of a bitch. Um, but uh, some absolute some absolute highlights uh, were, I don't know, I would guess the fact you would always rock around with your AirPods on and that inspired the rest of us to maybe buy some AirPods. I looked at price tag for AirPods, 250 bucks. I no longer wanted AirPods. Uh, but my roommate Macca bought some and now it's all he talks about. And you've made him a worse person because of it. You really have. Um, but you brought you brought a light into this house we've not seen before. Um, you know, you brought a real good single energy. And even though um, you didn't bring a girl back while you were here, um, that's okay because neither did the rest of us. It was quite a dry spat, patch while you were here. And, uh, you know, you, you borrowed my famous Westfield hat, which I'm totally fine with. Unfortunately, you did lose it. And, you know, it's a limited edition Christmas Westfield hat. They only made five and you lost it. And that's, that's really where a lot of this vitriol is coming from. I want my hat back and I want it back now. Um, but Adam, thank you for your stay at the lad pad. And we hope you can come back. Um, I know Adam's going to be moving back in in May when we got some lads moving out. So very exciting. I just want to give a shout out to Adam. The ups, the downs, the in-betweens. I look forward to battling you for rent each week and watching Star Wars Revenge of the Sith many, many more times. Thank you, Adam. And what a beautiful soul he is. So we had, we had at one point we had seven people in this house. Seven. Is that too many? It is. It's way too many. Um, let me just reset the camera. All right. Um, okay. Last thing. Uh, duh, duh, duh. Do I even have another thing? Oh, yeah. I wanted to do a thing of this. All right, what about this? 
I just want to tell one quick story and then I think that'll do. Um, I will say I'm hopefully filming some stand-up comedy this weekend. So hopefully I'll have a few more videos coming out. Um, and if you live in Melbourne or Adelaide, tell your friends to come to my show and then come as well. I mean, if you don't live in Melbourne, Adelaide, tag some friends, etc. I just want to tell a quick story. This came on my Facebook memories. Uh, so these Facebook memories are great. And, uh, so basically me and my mate, um, Sam, he's my roommate. He's, he's the worm. Uh, we went out one night, we were maybe 19 and we went out one night till about, look, I don't want to brag, probably about 4am. I'll say that again, 4am, wild, absolutely wild. And we went out and we woke up and we forgot we were supposed to, um, select the under 12 representative cricket side for our local district at 7.30 the next morning. So we wake up at 6am or 6.30, I should say. We're like still so blind. We get an Uber to our mate's place and borrow a couple of the club polos off him. We've still got like jeans and like leather shoes on from the night before. And uh, we get to the cafe, get a coffee before this selection meeting. And these kids, keep in mind, this under 12 rep trial, it's no joke. These kids live and die for this. This is rep trials, you know. Everyone wants to get into the rep team. They love it. It's a big deal. So you don't want to, you know, select the wrong kid because you, you didn't know who was who and you're still blind. Um, so we get to the cafe and we blatantly stink of alcohol and just, you know, we're, we're 19, so we're just carrying on. And uh, we're lining up and, and some guy goes, oh, freaking hell, lads, big night. And we go, mate, enormous. And we tell him, we didn't get home till 4 a.m. I'll say that again, 4 a.m. And, uh, and he goes, oh, Jesus, what are you doing up this early? I go, oh, we got to select some stupid under 12 rep side. Who gives a shit? Probably just give it to the kid that annoys us the least. Oi, 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 oi. And uh, he goes, oh, yeah. And we're like, yeah, mate. Like, literally couldn't give a shit. Like, just want to get this done. Freaking God, just don't want to do it at all. Just going to stand up the back and sleep, I think. He gives a shit about these kids. And he's like, oh, oh, fucking hell, lads. All right, well, have a good morning. We go, yeah, catch you later, mate. And uh, and we get and we get down to the, um, the freaking oval. And we're walking around and, you know, we're blatantly have come straight from the night because we're still wearing jeans and shoes. And uh, and we just look like shit. And the co- the head coach is like, fucking hell, boys. But he's also like, he kind of respects us for turning up because anyone else, like, we, you know, a lot of people would have just gone, no, nah, I'm not going. But we still turned up. He goes, right. Um, don't go too close to the kids because you smell like a freaking brewery. But, but, you know, just put some sunnies on get a clipboard in front of you and look busy. We go, yeah, right. And uh, he goes, some of these parents can be a bit annoying, so don't piss any of them off because they want to get their son into the thing. And if they find out they're, you know, you know what these parents are like. If they if they think anything, uh, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll fucking cause an absolute stitch up if they think uh, their son's not going to get selected. So just avoid the parents and uh, don't make a fool of yourself. We go, no worries. Anyway, so we're standing there and this bloke starts walking towards us. He goes, morning, lads. And he's with his 12-year-old son who looks keen as a mean. And we go, oh, hey, mate, how are you? And we go, oh, fuck. It's the guy from the cafe. And he's, and we've just told him we don't give a shit about this and we're still blind. And we go, oh, how are you, mate? He goes, yeah, boys, how's that coffee going down? Pepping you up, is it? Oh, uh, this is my son, James. Make sure you keep an eye on him. And we're like, yeah, bud, we'll keep an eye on him. We'll keep an eye on him. And, uh, <laughs> and, and we're like, oh, fuck. Uh, and he's like, oh, boys, I reckon you better switch on here. You know, it's a pretty important trial. Wouldn't want you to fuck this up. And his dad is just into us. He knows he's got us by the balls. We're like, oh yeah, because we don't want him to tell anyone that we are still blind. 
And, uh, you know, he if he goes to the committee on this one, um, we are done for. So we go, all right, mate, all right. And he goes, why, why don't you just uh, keep a real good eye on my son, mate? And uh, we, all, we don't have to tell anyone what I heard at the cafe. And I go, okay, bud, <laughs> I'm 19. This guy's about 50. He's like blackmailing me. And also I'm volunteering to select these teams. We Like I'm doing it out of the goodness of my heart. Now I'm getting blackmailed by this guy who wants to, this corrupt son of a bitch who wants to get his son into the rep team. I'm like, oh, okay. And shamefully, I will say his son wasn't that great, but he wasn't too bad either. And I, I did sheepishly say, yep, we got, we got a good one here, boys. I put a tick next to his name and said, looking real good. So I pretty much, and his son did make the team. I'm not saying his son shouldn't have made the team, but I'm saying it might've been my vote that got him over the line there. So that's an example of how I, we, unfortunately me and Sam brought corruption into the, I guess Sun Yang style. We, we, we brought corruption and we, we ruined the fairness and the ethics of local sport, which you hate to see, but also he, he never told anyone about the mishap. So I don't know. And I was made club captain the next year. So I don't think I would have made club captain if we all found out about the whole cafe incident. So I don't know. I, I can kind of get why Sun Yang did it now because success and power feels pretty bloody good. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's my brush with corruption. That's really the closest thing I've got to it. Um, and I've never really been corrupt before, but I've said a lot of, I've, I've done a lot of horrific things that would be, I guess, not, not a lot of horrific things, but I've done, I've definitely done and said things on the sporting field that people say are not in the spirit of the game, but I've never like, that's, I wouldn't say genuine corruption before. That's the closest I've come to genuine corruption. So I'm not a communist and I've been flying right ever since. So thank you. Thank you for listening to the pod. Come to a live show, watch a YouTube video, tag your friends, buy a VM apparel shirt. And I will say I'm wearing my Liverpool uh, jersey today in solidarity after the loss. So go on the Mighty Reds. Um, you know, anyone can wear it after, you know, 30 wins in a row. They lost on the weekend and I'm wearing it today. So up the Reds and, uh, and just tell your fucking friends. Now my mind's trying to me, don't you wait too long, wait too long, oh, I, oh, I, oh.